Jamie Soto Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Tony Soto Show. My name is Tony Soto. And for the for those of you that are watching me live on the YouTubes, I know, I know it's a little late today. It is 8 p.m. Pacific time, and I am recording instead of sleeping. So I don't know what this means. Does this mean that she's come out of the depression or is she still fully immersed in it? I guess we shall see. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back. Uh, so sorry um, uh, for not being available last week, but she's back, baby. And, uh, you know, before we start, let's get some business out of the way because, you know, uh, a lot of people, and by a lot of people, I mean none of you, are asking me, Tony, how do we support you, Tony? Besides, you know, listening to the pod and, uh, you know, coming to all of your fabulous shows. How do we support you, Tony Soto, so you don't go into the poor house? Well, new merch is always available at my on my website, thetonysodoshow.com. You just hit shop and there's tons of merch. It'll take you straight to my drag queen merch link. You can get merch that represents the Tony Soto show. You can get shit that represents learn the words, bitch. I mean, at this point, just give me your fucking money. At this point, just Venmo me at the Tony Soto show, whatever you want to give me. All right. Because she'll never be a 40 year old waitress. Never. Um, before we get down to it, I want to I want to I want to just give a shout out because uh um I lost someone who uh was mad important to me like super important to me when I was growing up uh they were my speech teacher and my high school theater director Dean Jones uh passed away um on the 16th I believe on the 16th of February at the uh ripe old age of 86 and I'm going to tell you you know, as a young queer person who grew up in rural Illinois, you know, um, there's there's such an importance for you to find your community even at that point. You need to find your beacons of light um, as you're coming up in school because it's a lonely place for a queer person, or at least it was in my day. It was, it's a lonely place. And uh you know, not everyone's kind to you. And that could also mean teachers. And so uh, when I got into high school, Deanne Jones had a reputation of being somewhat of a hard ass and people were scared of her because, you know, she wanted you to talk right and she wanted you to do things right. And, um, and I, you know, the, the, the two main points that I learned from her, and then we're going to move on, um, that, I, that that stick with me till this day is that if you're on time, you're late. That's number one. I'm rarely late, y'all. I am rarely late for events. And truthfully, I do not think it's cute if you are late. If you're one of those people that make it your uh, personality trait, like, oh, I'm always late, <laughs> aren't I silly? No, you're annoying. Um, so if you're on time, you're late. And also, um, if you're here to work, you leave your shit at the door. And honestly, that last one really has guided me my whole life. I feel like uh, when it comes to work, I'm very professional. And if um, I had a bad day, uh, uh, I hope that I don't give you the impression that I that I did, you know, especially if I'm at work. I hope that I'm there doing the job. So you know what? Rest in peace, Deanne Jones, you hard ass lady. Like, 
I mean, she she did a fabulous uh, final quote. She was like, you know, if, if I ever hurt anyone or made someone feel bad, that it was not my intent. Um, but if I ever helped anyone, uh, pay it forward. And just a stand-up bitch, you know what I mean? Just a stand-up lady, and she will be missed. And um, shout out to all the old crew that even though you don't talk to me anymore, uh, if you listen to the show at all, shout out to the old crew the old uh, Clinton High School thespian crew and whatnot. Um, but speaking of, uh, well, education, why not? Um, so, you know, I have been doing this show solo and I haven't been interviewing people, um, but I'm going to try to bring that back in maybe once a month if I can. Bring a guest and, uh, you know, I, I feel like I mentioned on the Tony Soto show a few times, but I know I've talked about it on the Gay Power Half Hour, which is the podcast I do with my good Judy Casey Lye every week, anywhere podcasts are streamed, um, is that what is happening in libraries, um, in schools across the country, and the demification of this, of this uh, uh, country being run by weird, crazy fascists who should really have... Like, honestly, if we're looking at people like a Ron DeSantis, why are we even looking at a person like Ron DeSantis? Like, as, as anything, like, like what a thumb. Anyway, um, there's a lot of shit going on when it comes to educating youth. And um, it had me thinking, uh, I was like, you know what? I want to know what's going I want, I want an inside view. I want, I want to know what's happening in the trenches of what is happening in these libraries. Um, across the country. And it made me ask the question, do I know a librarian? Do I know someone who is a librarian? And I mean, I am so old that yes, <laughs> I do in fact know a librarian and we're gonna talk to them right now. Um, I would like to bring on my guest. Uh, we're, we're gonna just call her uh, Miss Librarian Becca. Hi, Tony. Becca, Becca, Becca! Oh, Tony, Tony has done it again. Oh my goodness! So first of all, how long has it been since we've even spoken to each other? I think it was about the time when I started library school, actually. So it was probably like in face-to-face -face, a conversation, probably about twenty years. Oh my God! So Becca and I used to work for corporate theater in Chicago. We worked for the Nederlander organization. Uh, we we slung corporate Broadway to the masses, and uh, we worked together for a few years, right? Yeah. Like, like a lot. I was there for ten, so I mean, like. Yeah, I think uh, we worked together. I think it was probably three or four years. Yeah, yeah, longer. yeah, yeah. Um, because I think I took over for you when you moved from admin to sales, right? And then I moved to sales, and then we moved buildings. There was a there was a whole thing. You got in there when I was good and jaded already. So, but now you were in uh, uh, librarian school, which even at that time I was like, I didn't even know there was such a thing. Yeah. Um, so why do you have to go to? to in, in to technically to be a librarian, you need a master's degree. So, you need a master's degree to be a librarian. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but we don't even use the Dewey Decibel anymore, girl. Like, why do you even need to be? All, why, why, what do you need to do? 
Well, I mean, a lot of it is, I think some of the stuff we're going to talk about today, right? Like, so learning about um, access to information and freedom of information and um, the best practices when it comes to collection development and creating programming um, and, and, you know, familiarizing yourself with um, ways to recommend materials to folks who maybe you haven't read everything or watched everything or listened to everything, like knowing um, how to find what somebody is looking for, even if if you haven't like experienced it yourself. So, um, and then there's some like management classes and, and stuff like that as well. So now there's been a lot of, I mean, li libraries have been in the news and I, and I just wanna to say to my listeners for the record, we are only saying Becca's first name. Um, and we are not mentioning where Becca works because, uh, I mean, they really are on the front lines these days. Like, and, and just for the record, you are a public library librarian. I do. I work in a public library. Um, I, yeah, so just this is my free time. You asked if you wanted, if I wanted to talk about libraries and I said, yeah, I sure would. Um, so I'm not doing it on the on the tax dollars, uh, time and money. Um, but yeah, yeah. So um, people have gotten really heated about libraries. And um, now, is it bleeding over to you at this point? Because it started in the schools, like, like, it's, it's a it's a school based thing. But are you starting to feel the effects of it now? So I mean, book challenges and book bans go back since the beginning of time. Um, it's something that I've experienced the entire time that I've worked in libraries. Um, it has just really ramped up in the last few years. Um, so, so this yeah. has been going on since you've started. Mm, yeah. So the, um, uh, what is it called? The Office for Intellectual Freedom through the American Library Association has been around for 50 years. And they're the ones that keep track of banned and challenged books. Um, so like whenever you see the list that are like the most banned books of 2022 or whatever, it's that office that's keeping track of those. So every time you have someone that has challenged or banned a book in your library, you need to send that data in so that they can kind of keep track of um, how it's happening and where it's happening. What is it like a comment box? Like, like what do you have like, do you have like a box, like like at the edge of your desk being like, yep. write yeah, a list I, of the I books that you hate here. <laughs> and I tie the little note around its leg and I'm like, fly free. Well, uh, but before we get too deep into it, because like from a librarian standpoint, someone who actually went to school to become someone to be that lives in like, I'm assuming you live there now. I think that's what happens when you're a librarian. I mean, my, my teens certainly think I do. Yeah. So uh, like, like, why are libraries so important for just society? I mean, there's like a million reasons, right? Um, I mean, the, the obvious one, the one that probably people are most familiar with is um, the materials that you're able to access um, that you might not be able to access for free for all intents and purposes. We're trying to get away from saying free because it is paid for with tax money um, and grants and all kinds of other stuff. But, you know, once you have your library card, there's no need to exchange fees or funds or anything. Um, and that's, you know, that's books, that's graphic novels, that's DVDs and Blu-rays, that's music, um, video games, um, at my library, we circulate um, like stuff to make podcasts, so microphones and mixing boards and um, green screens and all kinds of stuff. You're basically like, like a multimedia producer now at this point. Like yeah, people can come in and use all of your shit and and make stuff, create content. 
Yeah, and like we have a pretty substantially sized uh, makerspace that has sewing machines, it has vinyl cutters, it has laser engravers, um, it has studios that have you know soundproofing and instruments and all kinds of stuff, so people can create that might not be able to afford um, the setup with the mics and the the everything and the editing and. You know, no, this is not in every public library, though. No, like, but you're, a fair you're... amount of them do have something, or they like circulate something that you can take home and use if they don't have a space in house. So, um, I've had a lot of libraries that we circulate sewing machines, or we circulate, um, yeah, microphones, green screens. That's like I did not know that. Listen, I'm just now finding out, like, because you know, my one last attachment to Bezos is the audible because i don't read anymore i like to be read too and uh i just got privy on all the information about how like there's audible books through the public library yeah like, so um, you can watch movies hoopla canopy are all things that you can sign up for with your library card and you have access to all of those for free i would highly recommend looking into libro fm if you want a paid for audiobook subscription because you can choose an independent bookseller and your money goes to them instead of amazon it's about it's comparable in price um and oh look so, at me learning things i'm gonna have to write shit down when i edit this show all right look at <laughs> becca's putting so me I to really work love, i really love them um but yeah the great thing about the library is um i know at my library and a lot of the libraries in um at least the chicagoland area there's um libby overdrive which um not to get like too into the nitty-gritty those books are purchased by the library. It's a collection like the collection we have in person. And then we have another streaming service called Hoopla and they choose the content there, um, but we're able to offer it to people. So like, it's not necessarily gonna have everything you want, but it has a lot of really good stuff on it. Um, I love an audiobook too. Um, yeah, like I'm done, with, I'm done with reading the written word because honey, it just puts her to sleep. Um, I mean, it's it's great. Now it's it's interesting because uh, just in the short time that we've been talking at this point, it seems like you're really excited about your job and what you do. Like, what made you choose to be a librarian? Like, I feel like I razzed you plenty. You did. Um, at uh, <laughs> at our old job when I found out that you were trying to be a librarian. Why? What is it about it that that you like? So I really love, um, you know, as somebody who has a history. Um, work-wise of doing a lot of customer service jobs. So working in food, working in um, retail, working in like theater, like we did. Um, I like working with people. And so much of public libraries now is customer service based because we're like helping people Ooh. find what they want. I know, but not the best part about it is like, I'm not meeting any quotas. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to like, um, you know, upsell anybody anything, I can just hand them a giant stack of stuff and be like, check it out and take it home. If you love it, great. If you don't come back and let me know and we'll find you something else. I would imagine uh, nice people go to the, the library, right? Like, are they nice, right? Yeah. I, I don't really know the clients. I don't really get out much from gay bars. So I don't, I don't think any of those people are going to libraries. I mean, there are plenty. I mean, a lot of librarians are queer. Um, and a lot of throughout I mean, history <laughs> like i can literally think about all the librarians that i ever had in my life and i was like it's the cardigans it's the, it's cardigan, the cardigan sweater yeah uh, sensible shoes <laughs> well listen um, listen let's take a quick break uh when we come back we're gonna we're gonna dive into this war on knowledge we'll be right back Tony Soto show. 
All right, we are back with the show. Now, all right, Becca, we got to talk about this because um, I, first I want to know about like, like obviously there is a difference between public library and school libraries right now. Like, like that, the fire is happening in the schools, but I'm interested to know like, like um, are you personally like being affected I mean, we're using your only your first name. We're not mentioning your job. Um, so maybe I know the answer, but like, how has your job changed for better or worse? Um, so in the time that I've been a librarian, um, it has ramped up in a serious way and there's a very um, targeted effort, right? So, um, so I think it's Moms for Liberty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they're they're Oh yeah, just a joy. And um, so they have like a whole plan that people can follow to challenge books um, in school and public libraries. So they basically say like, go in, find these books and then do X, Y, Z. Um, so it's a lot more organized and a lot more targeted than it was before. Um, in my experience in the past, it was like a parent found out that their kid was reading whatever, because it's very, very often it's kids and teen stuff. Yeah. Um, and so like a, a parent finds out that their kid is reading something, they read it or they pick it up and they just flip to a page um, and it happens to be whatever. Um, you know, it might be language, it might be violence, it might be sex, it might be whatever. Um, like 99 times out of 100, the parent has not read, read the entirety of the work. Yeah. Uh, so they're taking they went to the a good lot stuff. of context or they like see something their kid's reading and they look it up on the internet and people have posted like, these are the nasty quotes that come out of this book. And this is why your kids shouldn't have access to it. Are there any books that are not queer, black, POC or female based that are, that are being banned at this point? There are, it is not, they're not as many. Um, so like, um, John Green has two books looking for Alaska and the fault in our stars that both of them, um, are regularly banned. Um, a lot of classics and often that kind of comes from the other side. So like to kill a mockingbird, um, like anything that has to put like, uh, like use of the N word and stuff like that. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, even like if you look at the history and the list and stuff, people try to ban the Bible, people try to ban the dictionary, people try to ban like anything that like rubs them the wrong way, basically. Right, right, um, right. And but right now, right now in libraries, right now in school libraries, right now in public libraries, the focus is uh, LGBTQIA uh people of color and um women now i mean so th this is this i want to ask you this because um when, when we were when we were doing like pre-interview stuff trying to figure out like when we were going to do this or whatnot you, you said something very interesting you said that like um had you had more access to books that are being banned currently that that you would have come to a realizations about yourself yeah. 
much sooner. Can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah, please do. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because I mean, like you said that you probably would have realized that you were queer mm -hmm. longer ago. Can you expand yeah. on that? Yeah, for sure. So um, when I was in college and when you were in college, um, the thought of like bisexuality or uh, pansexuality or whatever um, was kind of like, oh, it's just like a gateway to being queer. Like you can't. Like, we didn't know what pansexuality was. Well, oh, I didn't know what pansexuality was, but I know uh, I remember yeah. bisexuality definitely was yeah, one yeah, of those yeah. things because both of us, you know, we hung out with theater kids. So like we were probably in a group that was more accepting than your average, like late nineties, right. early knots uh, groups. Right. Um, and so like I kiss girls in high school, I kiss girls in college. I thought like, I was basically told like, it's a phase because right. like, I also uh, was attracted to guys. Yeah. And so it was like, well, if you're attracted to guys, you're straight. And um, you're getting your college experimentation out of the way. You right, it done that's early. exactly yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, everybody does that in college. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, well, no, <laughs> it turns out that no, not everybody does. And right, um, right, right, right. There's a good number of people that don't actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah actually. Yeah, yeah. Surprise, yeah. surprise. And like, I have always been drawn to queer spaces. I've always been drawn to queer people. Um, they have always felt safe to me. Um, and I never really understood why I thought it was just like, oh, theater, you know, like, oh, yeah. that's the queer people are in theater. So like, that's why it makes me feel safe. But it wasn't until my adulthood where now, like there are all of these books about like women, you know, bisexual, pansexual, um, just queer um, women who have had meaningful relationships with the spectrum of of folks yeah. um and i i just i truly didn't realize that was me um, you know i i think about back in the day i was like you know i i didn't i didn't get my content from the from the public library in my hometown but i remember being very fond of a barnes and noble you know mm -hmm. because barnes and noble had that lg and i I feel like they're trying to come for like the corporate places now too, uh, like yeah, the Barnes and Noble. They were trying to get stuff banned from Barnes and Noble. And yeah, but they have, they, I remember uh, having a, a, a kindred connection to the LGBTQ portion of the Barnes and Noble and Bloomington Normal because it was like, uh, oh, there, when parents find books that have like a checkout thing from the library, the I don't think it's because they're there to jerk off. You know what I mean? I think it's there because they're like, this has a story that reflects something that's in me that I can't tell anyone else because ultimately we're a Puritan society still and we're based on a Puritan society. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I was a YA, a teen librarian for a while, for a really long time. And um, I would find queer books like stashed around the library and they it's because kids were like if i take if i check this out some sort of alarm is going to go off yeah yeah, yeah. Like, i'll be on a list you know I, yeah i'm going to be added to the to the gay list or whatever yeah they would like come into the library and like read a few chapters and then kind of stash it somewhere so that it would still be there when they came back the next time and then they could read a few more chapters and then stash it again i always left the books like i never put them back in their right place cuz i was like if someone like feels 
strongly enough about this that they feel like they need to tuck it away for themselves then I'm gonna just like oh that just kind of made me feel a little emotional right because I think that's I think that's very smart because yeah absolutely that's their that's their like a, a, a less engaged person would think oh this was left here like lazy like at a grocery store when you buy eggs but then you change your mind and you put them by the paper towels yeah, you yeah. know what I mean but like um well so uh let's let's uh let's go on to that because you are not only a, a librarian but you're also a parent um, and so you're raising children in the, the, the schools where the libraries are like, uh, really in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, now throughout the years, they've really kind of softened the textbooks, you know, they're trying to skew slavery as like, it was like they were working, you know, and then like, um, they're trying workers. to, they're yeah. trying to skew the, the indigenous genocide as like, ah, they wanted to help us. They wanted to give us this land. So like the more that they dumb down textbooks, mm-hmm. um, like does that make your job harder because like they're being lied to and then let's say they have a fucking paper they have to do. So then they're come to you right? and like, does that make your job harder? Like, Cause you have yeah. to like fix lies. Sure. I mean, in general, like um, reliable, sources and information is like again one of the like foundations of the work we do so like we want people to have uh legit reliable um true sources for whatever is they want to learn about whether it's for school or you know just personal learning whatever um and the more that the internet, the people, whomever, um, tries to twist the truth and twist history, it makes it harder on us because like, A, we have people coming in and being like, well, why don't you have any books about um, how the Holocaust was a hoax? And it's like, Because they want both sides represented. Yes. But it's like, but your side's a lie. Right. So, I mean, while we have a lot of books that like I personally would never pick up and read, um, we don't have books that are like blatant lies. Yeah. Well, no, you, know you should mean? no, no, of course not. That that contradicts your job. Right. And if if we did have something like that, we would not put it in a reference section or a nonfiction section, right? It would yeah. go in a, a fiction section. But these like, are the people that use one book as a fucking historical reference tool. So like a, a book of fiction. So, yes. I mean, that's what. So what? Book well, of then, parables and fables, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're just yeah. a bunch of yippity yabbity bullshit. Um, uh, okay, so as a parent, because mm-hmm. this is what I... I, I am a I I rally and I yell about how dumb this country has gotten and how it's been a plan and how it's worked brilliantly. But mm-hmm. you're a parent. You're a smart parent. I think that you're a smart person. You know, so 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 you might be exempt from this, but the parents really have a fucking place, like in what their kids are taught in a public school, truthfully. No. I don't think so. 
Um, I think, so the funny thing is almost all of these books that they're trying to pull from these schools are not required reading. So libraries- That's hilarious. Books. Yeah, I mean, almost universally. So it's like just books that are in the library that kids can have for free reading because um, almost every school has some sort of like, you're supposed to read 20 minutes a night or whatever the case may be. So um, almost all of these books are books that kids can pick up if they choose to. Um, they're not required. Um, nobody is forcing the children to read these books. Um, so like, if my kid's school was assigning a text that I thought was super problematic, I would probably say something. But if they have it on the shelf in the library, like nobody's forcing my kid to read that. I don't have right. any place to say what other fam what what works for other families or like what other families should be reading and learning. Yeah. Um, so to me, that's the big difference, right? It's the difference between like this. I don't want it. Text. So nobody can have it. Right. Which is, is what this comes down to. And like the thing about libraries is like, we are not there for one person. We're not there for two people. We're there for a community. The right? public. It's in right. your name. <laughs> yeah. And so like earlier you were talking about like um, seeing yourself in a mirror, seeing yourself in a book, like that's a huge part of what we try to do when we're collecting or recommending books is like thinking about like books that mirror a, a kid's experience, right? Books that are like windows where they can kind of like see the Into way someone experience. else experiences yeah. life. And then like a sliding glass door where they could like walk into a world or an experience or history and experience something that they wouldn't normally have access to, right? Yeah. So like, there have been plenty of times where someone has come up to me asking for a book that like, I don't like, um, but I help them find it. You know what I mean? Um, I don't say like, this is hot garbage and you shouldn't read it. <laughs> um, I just help them find what they're looking for. If they ask for your opinion of the book, would you give it? It depends. Um, have I read it or do I just know like by the author or, um, cause you know, there's a lot of politicians that write books. Um, yeah. And a lot of them are garbage. Have no interest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no interest in reading their thoughts and opinions. So, um, I would probably say something like, oh, I haven't read it. Ah, see, even librarians lie. So and that's amazing. Well, here, let me ask you this, because, uh, you know, um, I, I'm a cross dresser for a living. She's a she's a local icon drag queen here in Los Angeles. I've heard of like icon, Tony Soto. I've read stories to children. I'm actually the drag queen that is responsible for getting all the drag queen story hours in the public library system in California um, because I went to their little convention and y'all and I and I read to them and drag and y'all can drink. Librarians are no joke. They are like travel and tourism people. They booze, booze. Like we booze. were told that next to we're only second to the pharmaceutical reps. 
<laughs> so here so i so i've i support the uh drag queen story hour program what are your thoughts on the drag queen story hour program tony i think it's great like it's 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 beautiful magic it's dress up it's like it's all the sh- stuff that kids are into right yeah um and the thing is like we have children's performers that come into the library all of the time like we hire people all the time we hire um you know for festivals or you know community programs or whatever like people dressed up as princesses we don't know i don't know anything about their their personal identity or their sexual identity or like who they're sleeping with because it's, it's not relevant to the yeah. work they're doing in the library. Yeah, it's like you, it's um, like, it's like you don't want to sexualize children, but you're totally sexualizing the children by sexualizing the drag queen at that show. Right. Like that that person is not talking about what they do when they go home at night or like what they do at the clubs. You know, they're not handing out drink tokens. You know, it's like they're reading books to kids in pretty dresses and fun makeup and big wigs and they probably have great jewelry and like when you're a six-year-old girl like there is nothing you want more than to look like a drag queen yeah oh so like, absolutely yeah and, and and maybe some boys you know what i mean and, and maybe some boys tony and, and that's and that's and, important you know i think where they where they cross it or where they try to blur the line is they, they try to act like a drag queen story hour is like a brunch. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to a brunch, I have different feelings on a brunch. I don't want a fucking, I don't do brunches. Um, mm. I'm not I'm not necessarily a twirler that goes to a brunch, but like I don't want to trip over a little kid at a brunch because his mommy is drunk and not paying attention. First of all, how are you getting that baby home? Are you driving? Like, what was the what's the game plan What's here? The and then you're plan? gonna throw dragon around it, and then you're gonna be like, "Ooh, don't fucking be sexy at a fucking midday drag brunch where mom is fucking wasted." Get out of here! Yeah, don't bring your kid to a brunch. Take your kid to a drag queen story hour. That's what you should be doing. Yeah, I mean, I know there is a brunch in Chicago, at least pre-pandemic. I don't know if they've brought it back. That was specifically for it was a drag brunch for families, so it was oh, kind of like story hour, like awful. they would read. Yeah, but no, I get I mean, it. But you know, like there's there's plenty of like just like any other kind of performance. Like there's people who like to perform for certain people in certain venues, and like, cool. It's wild. Just just put it on the posters whether they're allowed to come or not. And if they're allowed to come, then obviously it's going to be fucking candy cake bullshit. So shut the fuck up, um, Becca. Tony, did you have fun on the Tony Soto show? I did have a wonderful time on the Tony Soto show. Thank you well, so much. For- me well listen before we let before we leave i need to know out of all this what's the best worst outcome like what are i feel like it's gonna get worse before it gets better so it's a slippery slope right like the problem is is that once they get one thing banned um then they have cause to get another thing banned and another thing banned and another thing banned. And I don't know if you've seen the videos of those schools in Florida where the libraries are just empty shelves. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And now parents are getting pissed because their kids don't have access to any books because they've made them pull all the books for evaluation and they cannot put them back on the shelves until they've been approved. So 
like these kids who like having access it's it's been proven having access to books having books around having books present in your life increases literacy so like just having but they don't want that books, becca they don't want that they don't want that they want them dumb and that's that's what the fight is like the thing is it's like people are like focusing on the books which is very important absolutely but we need to like be focusing on the people who are trying to like do this because it's like i don't understand how parents can be like because you know there are parents on the side of of the fucking banners you know there are oh, and like, they're the ones, like yeah they're the ones doing it if you're like and here's the thing here's my fucking thing and my theory is like at some point we're gonna have like a battle of the of the homeschooled and the public schooled like that's it's gonna be like that's gonna be the political groups and I hope we're good and dead. That's why I keep saying people keep talking about like dystopian futures. And I'm like, you know what? I like just. I got 40 years tops left. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's like just... I'm not fighting zombies. I'm uh, not like uh -uh. drinking my pee. Like, no. Uh -uh. Like, uh -uh. done. Done. Yeah. yeah. Just take me out. Just get me out of yeah. here. I'm not trying to out get out of here well listen this has been i felt like i've learned which means that you've you did you did work even though you didn't mean to um and i i mean i don't know what you want to share uh i usually give people time to pitch something but if you don't i, mean, I would just say like if it, it's been a minute since you've been in your public library like go to your public library get a library card um use the the e-resources you don't like once you go and get your library card you can use the library all the time without leaving your house um but also like libraries have really cool stuff in them now and the people that like there's still this kind of image of like people shushing you um people you know like people are worried that they had fines in 1985 and now they can't ever come back to the library like no, like come back. We we want you to be there. We want we want the good folks coming and using the library and supporting us. And um, if you are someone who has like a cool special skill, um, we're always looking for programs too. So come and talk to us about whatever. Being a drag queen, being a podcaster, being a I don't know a chef or a I don't know, whatever. Like we look want at that. The skies are the limits. Butterfly are, in the truly. sky. I could fly just as high. You know, yeah. See, they they said it on they need to bring that show back. They need to bring Me back. We're preaching. That's right. Well, thank people. you so much again for coming. And yes, go to pleasure. your public library. And listen, y'all, if you like the Tony Soto show, then go to our iTunes page, subscribe to the show, rate the show, leave a comment about the show. It truly does help. I am the Tony Soto show on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want to follow any of the drag shit that I'm doing around, it is Tony Soto Productions on Instagram. I'll be back again next week with more of this. So just hang in there. Bye.